0: Welcome to the God's Word Gives Hope podcast, where we are passionate about connecting His Word to your life. This podcast provides opportunities to further feed your soul or simply be replenished by listening. We are glad you're here. Welcome to our fourth and final bonus episode of our Fight Like a Girl series. I'm Amy. And I'm Janae. And we are so glad that you've tuned in. We have Kay Dodd-Stokes with us. She is a mother, a wife, and currently travels with Extreme Faith Productions and Compassionate International, bringing joy and laughter to so many. And there's a lot more to know about Kay, so if you would like to learn more, go to kdodd.com, and that's Dodd with two Ds at the end. Um, Kay, we are so glad to have you with us today.
1: I am so glad to be here. You're two of my favorite women in the world. Oh, oh my goodness. Now there I feel they really are. special. Yes. Well, we can't wait to dive into your story,
0: but first we just have a few other things. Um, We have our final giveaway this Friday, so it is not too late. If you are listening in real time, go to our Facebook page or our Instagram page, share and tag us. It's very important that you tag us so that we know that you've shared. We want to make sure we get your name in for this last chance
2: to win the guided journal by Susie Larson called Soul Care for the Battle. Well, let's get started by doing a quick recap of the series that we are in, or about to conclude. So, out of Zechariah chapter 10, we have pulled four battle tactics. The first one is called the Ask, and it is all about asking God for help. The second one is about accepting the truth of our situation, and the third one is about associate and the importance of fighting together and building an army that will come alongside you. So the whole idea of associating versus isolating. And our fourth and final battle tactic for this series is anchor, which we covered in our podcast on Monday, and we discussed the fact that anchor is actually not in Zechariah 10, but we help make that segue. I would like to read for you, though. The verse out of Zechariah 10, verse 3, and it says, From Judah will come the cornerstone, the tent peg, the bow for battle, and all the rulers. So Zechariah is prophesying here of the coming Messiah who will be the cornerstone, our tent peg, and our bow for battle. But as Christ followers, we know that Jesus was the fulfillment of this prophecy. And in the New Testament, we see how Jesus is our cornerstone. In Hebrews, it talks about our hope being an anchor and that Jesus is our anchor. So even though Zechariah doesn't talk about Jesus as our anchor, an anchor has the same type of role as the cornerstone in a building or a tent peg to hold a tent in place, the groundedness for us in the middle of a storm, so we get the semblance there is the same. And there's a lot more that is covered in the blog and in Monday's podcast. So please go back and check that out. That's right, Janae. You definitely want to read
0: and listen to any episodes you may have missed. Because, um, again, we're talking about a woman or women from the Bible. So we actually had a New Testament and an Old Testament example of women this time. First, we start with J.L., who drove the tent peg through S- And just the strength that she exhibited. And we talked about Mary Magdalene from the New Testament and just her story of coming from being possessed with seven demons and the the hardship that she existed in to being the woman at the tomb entrusted Mm -hmm. with the news that her Savior had risen. Um, That is what it looks like when you build on the cornerstone or tie yourself to Christ as your anchor. So, Kay, before we talk about the specifics of your battle and where you are now, why don't you share with our listeners a little bit about your story?
1: Okay. Well, first, I would just like to say uh, I can't have any more children at my age, but if I ever get a cat, I'm naming him or her JL because (laughs) it seems like she's got it going on (laughs) as far as taking care of business. Um, I was not raised in a church home. I believe my mother was a devout um, Southern Baptist. I always say she had a black belt in Southern Baptist religion. My father was a self-professed and medically diagnosed alcoholic who died from alcoholism when I was 14. And I was raised believing in God to fear God. And I don't mean reverential awe and respect of God, but I mean terror, Mm. frightened of God. And um, my mom had said to me, and, and, you know, she's just passing along what What she knew, um, she said, don't you lie to me because Jesus will get you. And I thought, oh, great. Now i got to look for the boogeyman and Jesus under my bed. Um, That I was terrified. Um, Not anything of a refuge, not even church as a refuge, because to us, that's where people went who were perfect. They had their lives together. There was no alcoholism in the home. There was no dysfunction in the home. And so that was a, a... an unachievable place for us. And so at 12 years old, I was in vacation Bible school with my best friend, gave my life to the Lord at the end of that. The I remember the pastor coming in and doing a sermon. I remember the tug, you know, the pull on my heart, the pounding of my heart that I needed to give my life to the Lord. The difference in that, though, and what I know today is that was not cultivated. There was, I Mm -hmm. went right back to the same home, right back to the insanity, right back to not reading the word, hearing the word, being in the word. And so there was no working out of that salvation. And the messages I had been taught is I had done so many things wrong and so many things had been wrong, I had done to me that were wrong that I didn't have a chance. My solution to all that had happened to me and as a child um, and seeing what had happened to my dad, uh, unfortunately, uh, I chose the world route of the anesthesia that the world had to offer, which for me was alcohol. And I started that the same year that my father died literally from an overdose of beer Um, I thought well I'll do it different from daddy I uh, won't drink his brand of beer that'll be different and I won't die from it and I started drinking at 14 years old and drank until I was 34 it wasn't until um, my stepfather who was a very godly influence in my life in my adult life that i saw his walk with christ and there was something about that that i wanted but then when he was diagnosed with pancreatic cancer and i prayed and begged god to save him uh, spare his life he died within nine months and so that's kind of what spiraled me toward um knowing that I needed to find out more about God I believed in God I'd always been a believer but if you think about it Satan is a believer I didn't become a belonger until July 12th 2001 Mm. and he died in in 99 and it was through that process of losing him that I realized I need to get to know the word I need to get to know the Lord through the word so that's when I gave my life to Christ, wholly and completely. It was on the floor of Phillips Arena in Atlanta. It was at a Hawks game. It was a little awkward. but <laughs> <laughs> So by the grace of God, I have um, been sober now 27 and a half years. Uh, mm, that that's I've something we're
2: celebrating right there.
1: Minutes. Set free from that addiction. And that was something that was a miraculous it was a decision, I'm going to stop this. I wanted my life to be different and God had shown me in no uncertain terms, you're gonna have to do different to get different and, um, and that was surrendering my life to him. So, um, but it was through that process of, of recovery and getting sober that I actually came to know the Lord in that first four years of sobriety.
2: Mm, yeah, well thank you for sharing your story. Um, In the
1: Zechariah verses, it
2: talks about the result of our fighting our battles when we utilize Christ as our bow in the battle and we rely on him as our cornerstone. And in Zechariah 10, 12, it says, By my power, I will make my people strong and by my authority, they will go wherever they wish. I, the Lord, have spoken. And in the blog, we dig a little deeper into this. But there is this sense of freedom that Christ brings on the other side of the battle. So I don't know if you want to talk a little bit more about the opposites of walking in the alcoholism versus the freedom that you have on the other side. Can you speak to that a little bit more?
1: Uh, Yes. I, being tethered to, and the Bible calls it being yoked, you know, to be yoked by slavery and to for me alcoholism was definitely a form of slavery the thing that i have learned though in my christian walk is there are plenty of other things available for me to be yoked to Mm. to um turn my back on the freedom that christ has for me when i reach for anything that is in between here in my pain and where Christ stands in my life, where I am I running to him or am I running to the refrigerator? Am I running to the television? The I even got into reading fiction books at one time, which was way out of balance. Went to the store to buy one, I bought 21. That's because that's (laughs) the thinking. One's good, 21's better. And uh, so the freedom that we have in the Lord in saying, I will surrender my pain to you. I will surrender this moment to you. Every moment of every day, if I'm not in that surrender, then I am looking for some form of anesthesia again. And Mm. that is a yoke. That is a bondage. That is... Not freedom, to uh, so in Christ I have this amazing liberty. You know, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. And when I have have filled my heart and my soul and my spirit with other things beside Him, I'm in essence grieving the Holy Spirit and quenching Him. You know, to um, to where He's not the the main operator in my life that I'm running the show instead of him mm. oh that's so good and
0: you know what you just said something it made me think you know yes so you struggled with alcohol for a number of years and then miraculously God worked through you making the choice you putting yourself in the right places like um, AA and recovery groups and things like that to have the support around you but that doesn't mean that that desire to medicate fully goes away because we're, we're still in these sin-wrapped bodies, right? Right. And so I think you said something about like the daily need that it's not just I can check the box on alcoholism and replace it with perfectionism, yes. and now it's okay. It's still something that I'm addicted to. It's still something that is between my pain and reaching for Christ. And I think that imagery is so valuable, Kay because um, we're quick to say, we shouldn't go towards alcohol, drugs, sex, you know, all of these things. But I think so often we choose to ignore some of the other things that we're addicted to.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, I know for me, it's people-pleasing. <laughs> and it's, it's, it may seem like a small thing when you're weighing it against alcoholism, but anything that blocks that is between my pain and Jesus, my pain and what the Spirit is doing in my life, is still a a response that's draped
2: in sin right i know that god wants us to walk free Um, that's what that verse is talking about there's this sense of being able to go to and fro in the freedom of living in him but any of those things rob us of that freedom
1: well and i know that i prayed and asked the lord to remove from me the obsession of alcohol the obsession to not be coherent every day Mm -hmm. and that obsession was instantly i feel like was instantly removed but i didn't then keep going to bars after that testing that so you had to make different choices exactly Mm -hmm. i've always said i cannot think my way into right acting because there's something wrong with the way i think which is what the bad Thinking, stinking, thinking leads to the drinking. I can't think my way into right acting. I have to act my way into right thinking. Years prior, months prior to getting sober, I prayed for God to make a room stop spinning. I'd had too much to drink that night and I begged the Lord to make the room stop spinning. It didn't stop until I passed out and I woke up the next day thinking, oh, prayer must not work. But fast forward from May of 95 to September of 95 to today, the room hasn't spun since. But as long as I was going to continue to drive toward the bars, walk toward the bars, sit at the bar, be tempted by everything that the bar had to offer me as I was driving toward AA meetings, recovery meetings, church meetings, God's answered that prayer every day since. So it's not that he doesn't answer prayer, Mm. it's that my yielding to his leading is the key. And you know, a yield sign is not a stop sign, but it is a sign that you slow down because something or someone else has the right of way. Mm. So if I yield to the Spirit of God, then that means I'm not gonna go ahead of you. I'm going to slow down Wait for you, and then I will follow you instead of having you follow me.
0: Okay, that is so good. You know, one of the pieces of anchoring to Christ is having his word be an active role in our lives. So what are some verses that spoke to you in those moments of your recovery, and even the ones that are speaking to you right now that are helping you stand firm in
1: your walk with Christ? The key verse for me right now is Psalm one nineteen one o five. 105. It's, your word is a lamp to my feet and a light to my path. And I love the imagery that is created there that, that the writer used lamp. Because if you think about if you had a lamp sitting on top of your feet, how far ahead on the mm. path can you see with a lamp light? Um, I think sometimes we want the floodlight. But, or the sun. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, the sun, yes. As but bright as possible. I can barely handle what's in the lamp light most days. God knows I can't handle what's in the floodlight or the sunlight. And, and so in it, that um, ch- chapter, the verse that follows that, it goes on to say, I am severely afflicted. Give me life, O Lord, according to your word. Mm-hmm. And so when I think about, um, there's a recovery saying that says, um, be right where your feet are. Be right here, right now. Be present in this moment. And so right here, right now, all I can handle is that lamplight. And God knows what's outside of it, and he's already in that darkness that I can't see. He's already there, and whatever's there, he already knows how he's going to get me through it.
2: Mm, That's good. Well, we're glad that you were on this show with us, Um, but Kay, there's someone who's out there right now, who is in the middle of a battle, it may not be exactly like something you've specifically experienced, but they're in that battle and they're struggling and they're actually having a hard time seeing how there will be victory on the other side. I love the way you talked about the, you know, the prayer in that one, you know, on the floor in that one room and your, your head was still spinning, but you know, over time of continuing to make the right actions, you began to see some of the freedom in Christ and life that he offers you come to fruition. But this person out here is listening right now. They're in the middle of it and they are struggling and they don't
1: see that victory. Uh, could you speak something to them? Absolutely. Um, it's taken a while in my walk with the Lord to get to this point, And it's, I've taken a lot of hard knocks to get to this point and I feel like operate in this and it's not perfect but to realize whatever the trial is, whatever the storm is that I'm in right now, that storm may be the answer to last week's prayer. It might be the answer to the prayer I prayed two years ago. It is through the storms of life that we grow and mature and grow closer to the Lord. We dive deeper into the word when we're in the midst of those storms. And so to not run from the storm, to not pray the storm away, but pray the presence of Jesus in the midst Mm -hmm. of the storm. Fixate your eyes on him and run toward him, not away from him. It was Peter, it was the only human being, that was not deity that walked on water. And the Bible says he walked on water, but when he saw the wind, and the wind, that's our circumstances. So when I see my circumstances right now, I can't walk on water. But when I fixate my eyes and lock my eyes on Jesus's face, not on his hand, not on what I want him to do for me, but how I want him to just be with me. When my eyes are fixated on him, I will not see the winds or the rains or the elements of the storm.
2: Mm, that's so good. You know, one of the things that comes to my mind, Kay, as you have shared, there are four battle tactics. We actually kind of featured the one of anchor and how you have seen victory because you've tied yourself to the anchor of Christ, and he has been your cornerstone. But I also see the other four elements playing out, um, the role of prayer and asking and crying out to God and seeking him for help, uh, the role of accepting the truth of your situation. I mean, that is like the first step in recovery, right? Um, associate,
0: you and, joined in with these organizations and these people that you. we need each
1: other to yes. link arms, recovery is not an individual sport. And recovery is not just for those who have struggled with chemical addiction of any kind. We struggle every day in this fallen world. COVID taught the planet that we all have something to recover from. Mm-hmm. You know, it leveled the playing field, if you will. And, and so just to be able to admit that I am this child of God, but I am going to need community to walk with me through the battles in this life. This life is going to throw rocks at me. It's going to throw storms at me and to have fellow believers to come alongside us. And part of the magic, I think, part of the beauty of recovery is, is not just what... Uh, I get from it. it, it is in my helping others that the Lord lifts me up even higher. You know, I have people all the time, well, I didn't want to bother you. Please bother me because if you don't call and let's talk about you, all I'll think about is me. Mm. So I need you to call me and let's talk about you for a bit. Um, I love the the. there's an old country song you're always on my mind those of us in recovery sing it different I'm always on my mind so I need something to get me off my mind and it is in that the giving it's paradoxical we give it away in order to keep it we die in order to live we suffer in order to get well
0: Mm, so good thank you Kay for sharing your story with us for um being willing to be somebody that walks alongside others as they struggle through the darkness that this world throws at us. Um, you're not just somebody that comes out of the fire, but you're somebody that is carrying buckets back into the fire. Mm-hmm. And um, that matters so much, and I um, I see the impact that you have on other people and the impact that your story has, and it's an incredible gift. So thank you for being willing to share. Um, Kay has talked about a few different things here, but we will have links on the show notes for um, just resources. If addiction and recovery is something that um, you need to look into more, um, take a page out of Kay's book and ask, accept, and then associate. And all of that is with Christ as your anchor. And so Kay, the verse that you read um, about God's word being a light to our feet and a, a lamp to our path, It made me think of John one and how Christ is the light of the world. And so just to close us, I'm going to read that over you in the beginning, the word already existed. The word was with God and the word was God. He existed in the beginning with God and God created everything through him. The word gave life to everything that was created and his life brought light to everyone. The light shines in the darkness, and the darkness can never extinguish it. The connecting doesn't have to stop here. We would love to have you join us at the God's Word Gives Hope blog to go deeper with the verse we discussed today. If you would like to learn more about life and leadership coaching with Janae, visit Janayshatleycamp.com. Finally, we would love a chance to talk with you more. Find us on Instagram or Facebook. All of these links are posted in the About Us on our podcast.